Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts, Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Joe. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast. This has been a hell of a week of football. Can't wait to talk about it. We got your news. We got your get them, drop them, keep them. We are going to make sure that you are well prepared for the week. With that being said, I got my main man, Vander, on with me today. Holla at the people, Vander. Fantasy Fiends, what's going on out there? Got bro Joe on the show with us today. Holla at the people, bro Joe. What's going on? What's going on? Hey, so welcome to the show. What's popping to all my good people right here at home? Bonjour, Kanichiwa, Olokama, Esta, Udente, Good Day, Mate, Good Day, A. We're going to bring the heat today. We got a lot of information for you. We're going to start out first with the news. And now your fantasy news. So we got a lot of stuff to cover today as far as news is concerned. First and foremost, let's talk about the most polarizing game of the week. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the New England Patriots game ended up, for my money, being everything that it was built up to be. It, it was one of those games where you you really didn't know right down to the last couple of minutes was what was going to happen. Uh, Brady did his thing. I was very much proud of what I saw from Mac Jones being a Patriot fan. I, I really feel like uh, we got the right guy in the right system um, that's going to be able to kind of be what we need him to be going forward. Forward here. Did you guys get a chance to catch that game? Yeah, it was a pretty good game. Uh, Tom Brady came out a little nervous. You could tell he missed a, a ton of throws, to be honest with you. He should have had a lot more touchdown passes. Even AB dropped the ball, too, though. That could have been a touchdown. He came out a little, a little nervous, his air and a few passes. I just wish that Nick Folk would have hit the field goal. So we could have just seen Brady get the ball one more time. You know, it'd have been that would have been like the most ideal ending in that game. Absolutely. Cause you know he would have came down with that. What, what was it like 50 seconds, something like that left? Yeah. You know he would have came down and scored. And 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 I can tell you this when we went into halftime ahead, when they panned to the audience, the audience was not happy at all. We knew what was about to happen in the second half with Tom Brady. So right. but it was still a really good game. The defense played well. I honestly believe had Stephon Gilmore and Trent Brown played, that would have sure up some of the issues that we had in that game and Most would have had even more of a chance of winning. I mean, hell, we only lost by two points in the, in the last minute of the game. So right. um, for the, for that matter, if the kicker had just made the, the field goal, we would have won. But well, we, we would have had the opportunity with the go ahead score. But it was raining like crazy out there. So that kind of made sense. Some of the misses and things of that nature as well. A couple of other really exciting and interesting games that took place over the weekend. The Arizona versus the Rams game. I don't know if you guys got the opportunity to kind of watch that in full or if you were kind of tuned into the red zone but arizona really showed me something um i thought between the two undefeated teams that arizona would be the one that is most likely to fail if you will the Rams actually faltered in ways that I didn't see happening. Arizona, I didn't think their defense was good enough to put a stranglehold on that offense. I also didn't think that Arizona's offense was good enough to put up points on that defense that way. So maybe Arizona, this the real deal. I didn't ever think that the Cardinals would have issues scoring against this defense because the way their team is designed is kind of like a equalizer to the Rams defense. I mean, you have a Pro Bowl corner, but these guys are running five receivers out. That's true. Four receivers out. And I, I think their coach definitely have all the pieces that he wanted 
when he envisioned getting this team and bringing this offense to the NFL, he now has every piece in place. And and this is why you see them getting off to that hard start. Chase Edmonds is the catalyst to that offense. Like the way he, he just presents that run pass dynamic uh, definitely gives an extra dimension. Like you said, when you want to go four or five receivers, well, the game was already out of reach, but then he had, he popped that big one for over 50 yards. This is a great game. Now this one, I'm not even more so looking at the game as I'm looking at whether or not the performance in the game is duplicatable, whether or not these guys are actually what they look to be. And that's the Dallas Cowboys. I'll be honest with you. I'm one of those guys every single year, you know, ready to ready to chirp at the <laughs> at the Dallas Cowboy fans and say, oh, yeah, we know you're going to start out great and, and then you're going to falter as per normal. I don't know this year. They, they seem to have everything that they need to take a nice little run. However, if I'm Dallas, I would go ahead and get that final piece. You you need one more one more uh, piece on the defense, one more piece in that secondary to be able to compete with the top dogs in the NFC. I think right now that Dallas is capable of competing with said teams, but beating them in high pressure situations, I, I, I'm not um, exactly sure how that's going to run yet. Is Dallas for real? They need to make a few calls. I think if they can get those couple pieces in the secondary, then I will believe that they're for real. The offense came out, played very well. Everybody expected that much. But the defense is the question mark. I mean, they only won by like eight points. And this is a team that was playing without their best player. Their schedule was so soft. The only people that I even find like a challenge to them is probably Kansas City. Other than that, they should be in all their games. So I don't I don't believe it. I would like to see the Cowboys make two moves. Call the Patriots, get Gilmore, and call Earl Thomas. If they can get those two players. I agree. If they can get those two guys in that secondary. Oh, yeah. It's a lot. I, I'll believe it's it. It's a lot. I agree. I completely agree with it. And the great thing about it is they can get those two guys with just the cap space that they opened up by restructuring Zeke and restructuring Dax contracts. They have the money to be able to pay for them for at least a year. Um, and then you'd have right. to see what happens in the offseason. But I mean, hey, if you're going to go for the gusto, go for the gusto. I don't know that their team is going to be as ready as they are this year if they add those couple of pieces. And that, that'll be something to look for throughout the remainder of the year. Well, actually, no, excuse me, not throughout the remainder of the year in the next three to four weeks because the trade deadline in the NFL is week eight. Real quick, when do they play the Chiefs? Week 11. Okay, now that's a late game. Now, if that was an earlier game and they went out there and get lit up, then they start making those calls a la Tampa Bay when they got lit up by the Rams, got Sherman in the Wednesday. You know what I mean? So (laughs) it takes you to get lit up before you say, you know what? We can't go too far with this team. I honestly think that Dallas is in a situation to whereas if Jones wasn't the de facto GM and owner, I honestly believe that some move would have already been made. There's no reason for you to have C.D. Lamb, Gallup, and Cooper being a $100 million man. Same thing with Zeke is kind of showing up a little bit now, but you see what you can get production-wise out of Tony Pollard, who you're paying next to nothing. That's $200 million between two guys that you can essentially fix the rest of your team with. But because they're Jerry's guys, I don't foresee him moving them. We'll see how that works out. This caught me way off guard. So the Washington football team had their facilities raided today by the feds who were coming after their head trainer, Ryan Vermillion, who has uh, consequently been put on paid leave until they get a little bit more information on what they got going there. So that threw me for a loop. I don't know exactly what Mr. Vermillion has gotten himself into, but feds came a knock in the day at the Washington football team's facilities. Did you guys see that headline at all? Like you, I, I'm not sure what it's about. Maybe he uh got that PPP loan or something. <laughs> I was about to say, I was about to say, probably either he got access to drugs, to some type of steroids or something like that that he, that he was dishing out, or it's something to do with some type of money laundering slash embezzling slash insider trading, probably something along those lines. So yeah, if, if it's the feds, it's, it's definitely something big. For yeah, sure. exactly. <laughs> exactly. Mixon has a slight lower ankle sprain. They're saying that it isn't anything to be too alarmed about. Worst case scenario, they're looking at a week, maybe two at the most, but Mixon is uh, injured again with that ankle. Does this worry you guys a bit or do you think this is just a, it is what it is and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. It can happen to the best of the running backs and you can pretty much expect the majority of them to miss a game or two when you're talking about playing 17 games. Nah, man, it's Joe Mixon we talking about. So it's Joe Mixon being Joe Mixon. 
And I definitely think it's a multi-week injury, maybe two weeks minimum. But I, I, I don't see him playing this week. I see maybe uh, people firing up Joe Boy this week. What you think, Joe? Oh, yeah. I think with him, Mixon probably, like you said, he's in that one to two-week range. Like you said, he's getting out to a phenomenal start. Like, you know, he's one of the top, what, top three backs right now? Top, he's second As far to as rushing is concerned, yeah. Like you said, I think it's going to be a lot of P. Ryan and Chris Evans uh, going on, if not one week. And little known fact, Mixon has only missed a good bit of time last year. The previous times that he missed, it was only a week or two. Um, as far as a lengthy stay off of the field, that's only happened to him once in his short career. So we're going to keep our fingers crossed as far as Mixon is concerned. Now, if you want to talk about a guy that stays hurt, Will Fuller is hurt again. He broke a finger. So that's kind of important to a wide receiver. Who knows what's going to go on with Fuller? But that's another guy that he just he just seems to have all of the talent in the world, but just can't stay healthy. And not to mention the fact that with Miami, there's quite a bit going on as far as you have Tua's injury, um, you have Fuller's injury. Devontae Parker is never too many games away from an injury. Neither is Albert Wilson. So um, we'll kind of have to see how that team fares. CMC, Christian McCaffrey, is likely out until week six. Then week six or week seven, they're saying that he is going to test his hamstring out in practice going into this week, but it's still going to be unlikely that he actually he plays this week in Cuba Hubbard just He's just a guy. Like, like don't don't expect to get McCaffrey out of Cuba. It's just it just don't look like it's gonna happen. Um, do you guys think that when CMC returns, he's good to go, or is this gonna be kind of like last year where he, he gets back in and then you know every couple of games there's an issue that arises? I mean, things are starting to add up one thing after the other. So I think he's gonna get back in and probably get his regular workload because I remember last year they pretty much throw him back in a full workload. So I can see him jumping back in it, but if he gets nicked up again, then Hey, this is one of those things. I think he's more healthier than not. Like you said, they're just being on the safe side because they brought him back too soon. And to your point, Van, they gave him a full workload and he was right back out. I think he possibly could be healthy as early as next week, but he is going to miss two more weeks for them just to be on the safe side. But he's going to get a full workload. Teddy Ridgewater had a pretty serious hit that led to a concussion. And we immediately saw once Teddy was out, how important he is to this Broncos offense. Do you guys think that Bridgewater is going to uh, be able to get back in the game? I, I want to say of, of, of the injuries that he's had, it's never been a head injury, if I recall correctly. Yeah, I, I thought, does he have, is he one of those guys that have a history of concussions? No, nah, I mean, all of his injuries that I can recall have been like knee or ankle or leg or something mm. like that. I don't recall him having too many head injuries. Yeah, I, I want to say I remember him having a, a couple of them. I could be wrong, but um, hey, man, fire up Drew Locke, I guess. <laughs> or not. <laughs> yeah, hopefully by Friday we know – well, Thursday at earliest we know what he'll, what his designation is. If we don't have a even a questionable by Thursday, like you said, Vander, we're going to have to fire up Drew Locke. <laughs> right. I, which I think helps Sutton out, you know, if anything. Drew Luck, yeah. Drew Luck definitely helps. Now, is Teddy Bridgewater a guy that you may want to approach the scared owner of and see if maybe you can get him? I know he's kind of been been pretty surprising this year as far as fantasy points are concerned. So that's why I'm asking. I mean, you can get him, get him. But I think the owner of Bridgewater, it's only concussion. So, you know, that's like a spring ankle nowadays you know what i'm saying or something. <laughs> right. people, you know people take it so lightly now like oh it's a concussion you'll be back in a week you know what i mean so i don't think the owner of bridgewater would probably sell them to you and you got logan thomas who's now week to week with a hamstring injury logan thomas has been a mainstay for the washington football team now ricky seals jones formerly of the arizona cardinals will be taking his place so this is a two-part question the first half on logan thomas and the second half on uh, Ricky Seals-Jones. But, um, you know, sometimes with hamstring injuries, that they can kind of linger. Do you foresee with Logan Thomas, him um, getting back in in a relatively short amount of time and kind of getting back to what he does? Or do you foresee him being one of those guys that the hamstring may linger on? I didn't hear about the severity of the actual injury. So that all matters, you know, what grade, of, what grade it is. But, you know, Ricky Seals-Jones, man, he's pretty talented. He is. You know, he's a pretty talented tight end. So I'm okay with people, you know, maybe streaming his option, being that they've had the same, Heineke's a 
quarterback. So he should have some more familiarity with with uh, Sills Jones throwing to the backups usually in practice versus throwing to the starters. That's true. Absolutely. So, Honestly, with Logan Thomas, I think it's going to ail him, you know, regardless of how soon he come back. With hamstrings, even though they're tricky, they're unpredictable, it had to have been lingering for some time for it to just come about that unfortunately with those type of soft tissue injuries so it's going to linger throughout the season like you said i think sills jones is is comparable but i wouldn't pick him up david montgomery who ended up with a knee injury after having a phenomenal game going for himself um so it looks like damian williams is going to be the starter for the chicago offense at least for a week or two um they said that they felt as if he missed on the big injury which would have been tearing the acl so that they said they don't think that it's a torn ACL, but it is something that's going to be significant enough, in my opinion, to keep him out for a couple weeks and definitely to monitor. I mean, depending on how well Damian Williams does, you know, maybe he progresses to the level of them not wanting Montgomery to be the workhorse and kind of understanding that they have two very talented backs. So I didn't see it alive anything. I just see the update on it. They believe he maybe hyper-extended it. Um, so I think they still wait for more tests. He you said, ever had that kind of injury? No, thank okay. God. Okay. No, thank God. <laughs> I've never really had any serious injuries. I mean, strains or ligaments in my knee. You know what I'm gotcha. saying? Okay. It sat me down for a couple weeks. But I like Damian Williams. He's very familiar with the Matt Nagy offense. Man, fire this guy up in a flex. You know, if you have a flex spot and you have him, you can get him off your waiver. Man, I, I like this guy. I like Damian Williams. He can catch the ball. He can also run. So I think it's a good play. Hopefully by tomorrow afternoon, we'll know if it's meniscal. Because if it's meniscal, that's a big issue. We're looking at four to six weeks minimum mm. for him to come back from something like that. But like mm. you said, at least he avoided his troubles with possibly having an ACL injury is definitely severe considering how much we would expect him to get the ball. So Damian so, Williams, if you can get him, definitely. Yeah, I like that. And he's probably on some people's waiver right now, to be honest with you. That's a steal. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was telling some people that, that Damian Williams are in, in the draft season, if you will. I was telling people that, you know, he'd be a good stash. And people were laughing at me. They ain't laughing now. <laughs> <laughs> that about wraps up your news. Let's go ahead and get into this get them, drop them, keep them. Get them, drop them, keep them. So, first up on get them, drop them, keep them, I'm going to give you guys a stat. And I want you to tell me whether this particular player you would get, drop, and when I say drop, I mean as in trade, or keep. Derrick Henry is on pace for 540 touches which would be an NFL record. The two previous seasons, Derrick Henry went over the magic 300 and um, I think he had like 370 touches, if I'm not mistaken. But he basically went over that quote-unquote magic number that if you exceed, that it's likely that you're going to go downhill the following year. So the fact that he's had two years with such a workload and now he's on pace to outpitch any NFL player in history. Do you ride the hot hand? Or is this a guy that you need to get a haul for while you can before he ends up inevitably getting injured? I think it depends on the complexity of your team. But if there's any time to unload this guy, I think the time is now. You know, if you can unload this guy and maybe get you two or three solid players, I would definitely do it. Yeah, that's 500 touches, man. I would hope they divvy from that and give him less, but without (laughs) – he got the least uh, non-injury-prone wide receivers right now. So he might have to show the low for (laughs) more than half the season. He was already seeing stacked boxes, and now you have no AJ and no – oh, everybody (laughs) and their mama is just at the line (laughs) scrimmage. You know what I mean? And with that being the case – he got 157 yards and a touchdown this past week with no Julio and no AJ Brown. So, I mean, is this guy just different? Or, well, he's obviously that, but I, I mean, one out of every NFL player ever. I just don't like those odds. Like, I'm sorry. Like, like he's a stud. He's a beast. Don't hear what I'm not saying. But for him to be the only guy ever in the history of the NFL to have that type of a workload and not sustain a significant injury. I just, I just don't think history's on this side. So, and I, I'm, I'm one of those guys that I like to mitigate my risk as much as possible. 
and and that's just a huge red flag as far as I'm concerned. So I, I would I would probably try to get that, you know, that two or three player haul that that you were just mentioning. Um, right. ASAP. Um, so let's go ahead and, and, and get into the segment here. Um, we're going to go position by position. Um, we're going to tell you we're going to start out with the quarterbacks, tell you the quarterbacks that we would go get. Then we're going to tell you the quarterbacks that we would drop. Then we're going to tell you the quarterbacks that we would keep. And then we'll do the same thing with the wide receivers, running backs and tight ends. So to kick it off quarterback wise. The quarterbacks that I would go get right now, and there, there are a couple of different reasons for it. You have Kirk Cousins, who is the quarterback number 12 right now. If you're in a 2QB league, he's going to be one of those guys that doesn't have a sexy name, but he actually is a QB1, um, being a QB number 12 right now. And you have Jalen Hurts, who is actually, believe it or not, QB three, um, depending on your scoring system. Um, and again, not a sexy name. Now the person who has hurts, that person definitely knows his value, but just like, um, I would be willing to trade Derek Henry, even though I know he has a lot of value. Um, some people may be looking at hurts the same way. Some people may be looking at the way he ended last season. Um, and, and think that, the same or something similar may may happen again and that may be a reason for them to go ahead and uh, you know sell him you know high versus him going back into a shell um, but i really do believe that jalen hurts his style of play and the way he goes about getting his points even in a bad game he's going to have a decent floor um and lastly as far as my quarterbacks to go get ryan Tannehill is currently qb 17. um as we just discussed Julio Jones and A.J. Brown were both out this previous week. Um, we don't know for certain uh, when A.J. Brown is going to be back. It, it looks as if Julio may be back this week. But again, we don't know for certain as far as that's concerned either. Um, so you may be able to um, find that Ryan Tannehill owner in a vulnerable state. And they may be willing to go ahead and move off of him. And in all honesty, once he gets his weapons back, um, you know, they, they had a terrible game one, but I believe going forward, they're going to get back to what they do. Um, that's the only way they're going to be able to save Derrick Henry um, is when these wide receivers get back to kind of make them shoulder the load just a little bit versus it being a ton of carries. So those are my quarterbacks that right now I would go out and get that shouldn't cost you quite as much capital as your big dogs if you will uh, but on any given week they can put up numbers that will be comparable uh, going forward to those big dogs i'm gonna start it off with uh james winston as my my get it mm, my get okay. it. michael thomas is coming back to this offense and i think that's why their offense looked as pedestrian as it looks but we already seen what mike thomas can do and we know what he's capable of and I think that would really fill out the put the passing potential of that offense. Moving obviously Mike Thomas to the one, Callaway to the slot, and then Deontay Harris, you know, just do outside and be that gadget guy. So I think he's a big play. And plus his rest of schedule is number four. So I like that one. Right now, I got Derek Carr as my other get him, you know, just for the same reasons for what we already seen. His passing attempts is ridiculous. Um, and not just that, he has over 65% completion in addition to that. And obviously he's throwing for 401 yards. Like it, like it. Barry, what you got for your quarterback get them? <clears throat> got to clear my throat on this one. <laughs> I'm going to go get the NFL leading rusher for touchdowns. Does anyone know who that is? That's Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. Uh. I mean, coming into this year, this is one of my uh, kind of sleeper kind of faves uh, I was looking forward to this year in that that Joe Brady's uh up tempo scheme, and man, it's this this feels like a glove. Like this is a this is a marriage made in heaven, man. I mean, he had a great game against Dallas. He threw a couple picks, but in all, he still had a good game. Rushed for two scores. Um, had South. I mean, I don't know what to say, man. I think you should go get this guy. Let me he, ask you this: What would you be willing to pay for him? Buy low for sure. You definitely buy low. 
You know can, what I'm saying? But can you? I mean, he's been he's been putting up points. Maybe that owner kind of feels the same way you feel right now. Say, for instance, you was talking about Tannehill. I think if you someone may take Tannehill for him with, a, with, with an additional piece, you know, you may can get you may can trade Tannehill and get Darnold and another guy. You know what I mean? So because a lot of people they're gonna buy the names. You know what I mean? I can see that too. So I definitely think that's a guy that has a higher name that I would trade to go get Sam Darnold. My second guy. Taylor Heineke. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this guy, man, pretty relentless. His aggressive and his willingness to like give McLaurin chances downfield with the shots. This guy, man, he's just playing like it's all or nothing. It kind of <laughs> is for him. <laughs> you know what I mean? He playing with that all or nothing uh, uh, tag, and uh, he's actually playing good. He got him out to uh, they two and two right now. Yeah, but he even against some uh, better defenses like the Buffalo Bills and. And the Chargers, he had some, you know, pretty decent games. Even the Giants, he kind of lit Atlanta up this past week. So, who do you think would be cheaper, Darnold or um, Heineke? I think Heineke would probably be cheaper. Hmm, okay. You know, this is a guy you is actually on waivers. I picked him up. Actually, I picked him up this week off the waiver, and I played him this week. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I played him, and I won the game, of course. But so he he's probably available in a lot of leagues. He's only ten percent owned in Yahoo leagues. So go figure. Interesting. Would you be willing to trade Heineke knowing what he could possibly do for the rest of the season, even though you just picked him up? For sure. Or did you pick him up to trade him, which is no, something I, else that you can do? You know, in these one quarterback leagues, man, I'm, I'm, I'm all about the matchups. My other quarterbacks, I have Kirk Cousins and I have David Carr, and I decided to play Heineke over both of these guys. Well, based so pick- on the Raiders currently <laughs> having negative five yards in the Monday night matchup, you see, you see what I'm saying? Um, but but most most fantasy owners would play Kirk Cousins, yeah, over the likes of a Taylor Heineke. He only had ten fantasy points. This guy had twenty seven. You know what I mean? Indeed, so yeah, indeed. So I definitely maybe can sell him now that he had a, you know a good performance this week and been playing pretty decent. So these are the two guys on the lower end that I will go get. Now, as far as the quarterback drops, my quarterback drops, and I believe that these are going to be pretty unquestionable. But by all means, speak up if you have any questions. <laughs> my quarterback drops right now, and th- these are in uh, single quarterback leagues. When you're in a two-quarterback league, you you kind of, in most situations, got to hold on to any quarterback that you can get your hands on. Uh, but my quarterback drops, Baker Mayfield, who is currently QB 25, Big Ben, who is currently quarterback 28 and Tua Tungvaloa, although he's currently on IR, he didn't show me very much um, when he was playing. And he's not a guy that I am going to want to put back out there whenever it is he does return. Um, So those are my three QB drops. I got to drop Matt Ryan for sure, for sure. I did it. I'm surprised. He's, I thought he'd be Maddie Ice. Uh, I would think a, a lot more would have went down with Ridley. And he's just not moving the offense anymore. I'm definitely wanting to stray away from him. My second drop, I'm going to get rid of Carson Wentz right now. I know he just had like a little 21-point fantasy game, but this is another situation where you would think they'd move the ball and matriculate the ball a lot better in Indianapolis, especially with all the weapons he has. I would drop Carson Wentz too. I hate to piggyback off you, man, but I'm sorry, I got to do it. Go drop Big Ben, man. And I own Big Ben in a two-quarterback league. And this guy, he just got to go. Um, he coming in with that four-touchdown, four-interception mark through these four games. Yeah. Already been sacked ten times. I mean, he's he's throwing short balls to the sticks on third downs, fourth downs. He's missing guys. He missed a couple passes this past week for touchdowns. Oh, man, he to had two touchdowns. I, I was about to say he had two touchdowns. One, one – <laughs> Two to Juju, actually three touchdowns, two to Juju, and one to Deontay Johnson, but he just missed them terribly. I mean, he's he's definitely a shell of himself, and we just seen the end. I hate to see, you know, great players go out like this, yeah. but he's going out like uh, Larry Holmes and, and Joe, yeah. George Foreman, like that kind of deal. So, <laughs> And they still haven't called Cam Newton. They they, they still <laughs> push their chips in with Dwayne Haskins or, or Mason Rudolph, I take it, but. And my second guy, man, I may drop Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm, okay. Um, of course, he's he's injured right now with the bruised mm-hmm. calf. And they're saying he may have a chance to even play this week. They thought it was going to be a several-week injury. But uh, Trey Lance came in and actually didn't look too bad. So I think the writing is, the writing is on the wall for sure that 
they about to make the transition this thing. If he go out there and have another poor performance, I can very easily see him getting snatched and, and Trey Lance coming in being a starter for the remainder of the season. So I completely agree. I honestly think that Garoppolo is putting himself in one of the same situations that Carson Wentz did. He knows in his heart of hearts that he's not healthy, but he also knows in his heart of hearts that he's going to lose his job if he don't show up to work. So keep Justin Fields. I don't know <laughs> if Andy Dalton is actually going to have a job again when he is finally healthy, but they're indicating that Justin Fields is probably going to start again this week. We got an opportunity to see on this past week what his deep ball is going to look like. This guy may actually even still be on the waivers in single quarterback leagues. I mean, I've seen he and uh, Lance on waivers in, in single quarterback leagues but i believe that he has the perfect weapons for his skill set mooney if he's available out there to you guys go grab him he's going to be one of those guys that he's going to be able to benefit from that deep ball that none of the other quarterbacks um, in chicago have seemed to be able to kind of have a handle on but yet the rookie does i believe that justin fields is a keep i also believe that Derek carr is a keep he currently well before this game, he had the most passing yards in the NFL to date. Granted, he doesn't run, so he's not ever going to be one of the top fantasy guys just because he rarely, if ever, runs. So he would have to have quite a bit of touchdowns in order to kind of break that plane. And then lastly, I'm seeing a lot of development and growth from Trevor Lawrence. And I believe you give him a few more weeks in that offense, getting used to the NFL, getting used to his wide receiving core getting used to his new coach and the scheme. And he's going to be a guy that's going to kind of come out of nowhere like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that guy. He is pretty talented. So I believe that those are the guys that you hold on to just a little bit longer, see what happens, and kind of go from there. I really, I only have one guy that I'm telling people to keep, and we kind of okay. talked about this earlier, and that's Teddy Bridgewater. Gotcha. Um, I know he has the concussion. Drew Locke didn't come in and, and look no better. So it doesn't like his job Facts. is in danger as far as that is concerned. And, you know, he has this thing about him where everybody says, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, he doesn't really push it downfield. But in week three, this guy attempted the third most deep passes in the league. So I think he's starting to open it up a little bit. So I get more comfortable. Think, right. So I think Bridgewater is a, a quarterback that I would keep considering. What you got for your QB keepers, Joe? Uh, Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow, especially with Joe Burrow, he's doing really well. And this is all without T. Higgins. So he has great upside rest of the season. And then with Lawrence, I think this uh, recent game, his opponent being <laughs> Joe Burrow, I saw him a lot more comfortable, relaxing that offense. And I feel like, you know, he just has this an uncanny. Now, he reminds me of Peyton in the sense where, especially where Peyton was at as a rookie. I see so much upside in him. And we've already seen him throw the ball already 50 times. And considering what kind of team he has and now seeing his rushing upside as well, he's my other one. I like it. I like it. Let's move on to wide receivers. Uh, my receivers to go get. I have Robbie Anderson, Devontae Smith, and Jacoby Myers. Uh, Robbie Anderson, he, he's gotten off to a pretty slow start. He had 11 targets um, in this last game. Uh, I believe they are trying to force him into the game, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because as of right now, DJ Moore has been the man as far as Carolina wide receivers. I believe that Robbie Anderson is going to kind of get Back into his normal role and the fact that they gave him 11 targets kind of tells me that they understand that in order for them to achieve some of the goals that they have for the year, they're going to have to kind of get this guy involved. Uh, Devontae Smith, the rookie with uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, he's kind of in the process of getting his feet wet. Every year we have wide receivers, rookie wide receivers, running backs as well um, that start out pedestrian-like or average, and then by the end of the season, they're league winners. So the thing that I want you to keep in mind is that when a rookie isn't really familiar with the scheme, the system, the playbook, etc., but they're still putting up average numbers for an NFL player, that means that once they get everything down pat, you can only expect for them to excel. So I think that uh, Devontae Smith is going to be one of those guys that will uh, excel quite a bit as the year goes on. And Jacoby Myers, his volume is just necessary. Um, and with Matt Jones being as accurate as he is in targeting Jacoby as much as he does, even though Jacoby has yet to get a receiving touchdown, his floor is going to be high in PPR leagues because of the amount of catches that he's going to get, even if he doesn't necessarily get a large amount of yards. So those are my three wide receivers to go get. I'm tired of banging this drum. 
Fantasy Fiends, I know y'all hear me. He's like, damn, this dude sound like a broken record. Go get Core Daryl Patterson. Like, what's going on? This guy's currently ranked. He's a wide receiver one and an RB one. I mean, if you go look at the numbers, um, he's definitely uh, Atlanta's most valuable player right now. So the joke is pretty much over right now. He embarrassed the Washington defenders this week. They tried to do single coverage on him. Uh-uh. Didn't work. I mean, he's not likely. I mean, how can, I mean, for you to have a wide receiver three spot, maybe in a three receiver league, or maybe in that flex spot, and you able to put a running back as a wide receiver three, it's a no-brainer. This guy is currently second in the league and has a running back, and I think fourth in the league as a wide receiver. Go get this guy. He's rostered in like 70% of the league, so it's not sexy, I know, but. You definitely want to get this guy. And my second guy be Debo Samuel. Mm, um, okay. This guy, man, he's averaging 10 targets a game for the 49ers. He seems like their weapon. I'm coming into this league, coming into the season, uh, everybody heard the pre-camp chatter. Everybody's like, oh, Ayuk. Ayuk going to be the man this year. But nah, I look like it's Debo. George Kittle hasn't really been, you know, George Kittle that we know of. So the only reliable weapon that the 49ers have is Debo Samuel. And this guy is currently third as a wide receiver in the league behind Cooper Cup and Tariq Hill, who just had an explosive game. So he very well could be second. The only reason I would disagree with that take, and the only reason, Debo, he gets injured like he's a running back, not like he's I, a I know, I know you don't like Debo. No, it's not that I don't like him. Like, like he's a stud. He, he is legit a stud. The reason that Kittle doesn't have the numbers that he normally has is because Debo is not normally in the game. Like a, a good bit of the receptions that Kittle would normally have or the touchdowns that Kittle would normally have are all going to Debo. And I'm perfectly, we'll talk about Kittle a little bit later, but I'm one of those people that I believe that the best prediction for the future is looking at what's already happened. Debo, again, is a stud, a phenomenal wide receiver. There's a reason they went after him in the draft when they did. But I mean, this guy's been hurt every year since high school, like literally. I mean, he from around the way. So so we literally know this to be true. For this to just be the year that nothing happens. Hey, I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm, I'm a little bit fearful of it. It's not his talent at all. Good. I'm just fearful that he's going to get hurt again. I mean, everybody fear Julio getting hurt from year to year. But you still go get him. You still draft him. That's a misnomer, though, because Julio would be hurt in games and still play. It was really only like two seasons where he missed a, a, a good bit of game. That was more so people's perception than actual missed time as far as Julio's concerned. But I get where you're coming from, though. Joe, who you got as your um, wide receivers to go get? I got Robert Woods, Corey Davis, and LaVishka Chanel. Believe it or not, with Robert Woods, on average, the last few years, he's still on like on par with what he's been doing the last three years with 25 targets, 15 receptions. Of course, he got a few vultures between Jefferson and now, obviously, D-Jack getting back involved in that offense. But I see the offense when it's once this awakening has occurred from this last thrashing by Arizona, I think it's going to be a good time to buy in on him. Uh, he's going to start capitalizing the second half of the season. We already know what Corey Davis is doing right now, so I feel like fans already know what that is about. But LaVishka Chanel, I love how he's utilized. And losing DJ Shark, I think major. that that was a major upside. We didn't talk about that in the news either. My bad. Oh, yeah. I think th this guy, he's a, a utility knife. He can do it all. I thought, Mar for example, Marvin Jones will step into a more prominent role. But we saw LaVishka Chanel just this Thursday get a lot of usage, all yep. type of ways. Uh, so I think that's a good buy-in. And just to throw another one out there, Jalen Waddle. I think mm -hmm. with everything going on in that offense, the only stable guy is Jalen. He's averaging five receptions a game, a little under 45 yards. But we already know his big play ability has yet to be seen, and that's scary. Two guys that you just named, I'm going to talk about in one of my future segments here. And actually, one of them is up right now. So let's go to wide receivers that we're going to drop. Robert Woods is a receiver that I would actually uh, go trade right now. Um, the reason <laughs> for that is people are going to have the same optimistic outlook that, that you have. The difference is golf didn't really have a favorite receiver. His favorite receiver was the one that was open. Stafford seems to favor cup quite a bit, even though cup wasn't productive on their last game, he still got a ton of targets. So I believe that th the same spiel that you just gave for Robert Woods, you can give to the prospective buyer. They may be willing to trade for Robert Woods. I also would say, go ahead and attempt to trade both OBJ and Brandon Ayuk. Same type of a situation. Uh, their quarterbacks just have a better rapport 
with other receiving targets on the team and barring injury, I don't necessarily see it making enough of a significant change that you wouldn't be better off going and getting whatever you can for them right now. So my uh, wide receivers to drop or trade, a reminder, when we say drop, that doesn't actually mean that they should be hitting the waiver. So Robert Woods, Odell Beckham Jr., and Brandon Ayuk are my drop candidates. Barry, who you got for wide receivers to drop? Sorry, Joe. I think you should get rid of LaVisca Chenault. I'm, I'm not really drinking the Kool-Aid. I know he had a pretty good game this past week, but look at the, the three weeks before that. You know, um, Is it fair I, that the scenario may have changed, though, now that, now that Shark is hurt? Or out for the year, I believe. I, I just don't like their offense. And it seems like they're gotcha. kind of getting back to running the ball a little bit more, if you can you yeah, tell. They are. Like, you know what I mean? So they're kind of getting away from passing the ball. I think uh, Urban Meyer is starting to figure out, man, you better run this ball in this league if you want to stick around. So um, they actually ran the ball a lot more this this uh, past week and actually played closer. They only lost by three points. So they weren't getting their they butts handed to them like weeks before. So True. I'm just not a big fan of, of, of Viscus. I, I would use this game, he, this big game he just had, and see if I can woo somebody to come take him off my hands. So he'll be a guy that I'm, I'm actually getting rid of. And also, uh, Allen Robinson. It's a guy that okay. I'm looking to go drop. Even man. with the quarterback change? Or possible quarterback Yes. Change. But, hey, didn't you and me – hold on. Isn't this the bet we have? Yeah, it was something we had on the board with Allen Robinson and, and Mike Evans. Am I right? I – no, I think I think our bet had something to do with uh, no, Scary Terry. We had Terry and we had Lockett, but we also had Allen Robinson and Mike Evans. You may have to go back to the wide receiver show – and go back through that again. but Yeah, definitely. Right. But, yeah, man, get rid of this guy. Uh, <laughs> see if you can use that 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 name of his and, and bring you back some some more, uh, some better players with maybe not a sexier name. But I don't care if it's uh, Dalton, Foles, or Fields playing quarterback. It, I just – it doesn't seem like you have a rapport with anybody. I mean, am I wrong? Could it, could it be because he doesn't want a rapport with anybody and he wants to get the hell so. out of Chicago? Maybe so. <laughs> you know what I mean? Get rid of the guy, man. Trade this guy if you can. I'm gonna have to start off with Galladay. Galladay is a big drop on. I don't, like, you know, of course he looked decent today, but Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard was out to a Daniel Jones favorite target. So I'm definitely dropping Galladay. And then for my second one, it hurts me to almost have to say this, but I'm gonna look to trade Hopkins, man. Like, and it's not because I don't think he's gonna not still be a great receiver. But for where you drafted him and what you can get right now available, because a lot of people would think this is a buy low for him. Uh, with this offense, we're seeing them splatter out to a plethora of different receivers. Absolutely. Max Williams is obviously getting involved in more shootout environments. Christian Kirk is also a touchdown vulture. Rondell, you don't know which one you're going to get, but you know if he, if he gets hot, he's going to have a huge game. It's just, I don't know about hot, man. I mean, I, I, I hear where you're coming from because it's like Mur Murray doesn't have a favorite receiver anymore. His favorite receiver is the guy that's open. Right. And for, <laughs> right. any, for any decent defensive coordinator, the first person that – well, the second person now. The first person is trying to figure out how to contain Murray. But the second person, if you're a defensive coordinator, that you're game planning for is Hopkins. I mean, that's a valid point. I mean, you, you may be able to get more value from trading him than playing him. So – I can see where you're coming from with that one. Um, going to the wide receivers to keep. I have a guy that has previously been mentioned by Joe, Jalen Waddle. I also have Hunter Renfro. Uh, for PPR leagues, uh, not a sexy name at all, but he's almost in the same vein as Jacoby Myers. He's the outlet guy, if you will, for the Raiders. And I can see him continuing to have a pretty decent floor. God forbid somebody is to get hurt. Um, one of their current wide receivers or pass catchers, if you will. I can definitely see him taking that next step. And the last wide receiver that I have to keep is Michael Pittman Jr. I believe that Pittman is going to be in a scenario where, again, just volume. And he's more of a big play wide receiver as well. So with Renfro and Myers, they're more so of slot guys. You know, they're going to get six receptions for 60 yards. That's still 12 points. Michael Pittman might end up with three or four catches but one of those catches is probably going to be for 40 or 50 yards so he has a nice floor those are my wide receivers to keep i'm gonna say a few names here stefan diggs cd lamb 
Keenan Allen, Calvin Ridley, Robert Woods, all these guys, Antonio Brown, all mm, these guys, yeah. you would consider top tier receivers, right? Absolutely. So going off kind of piggybacking off Joe said, A.J. Green. A.J. Green, this guy has more points than all these guys I just named. He's secretly having a pretty decent season. He's taking advantage of the targets that he's getting. That just and, blew uh, my mind. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, 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 I can't even lie to you. That, I, I didn't expect for you to go that route. That that just that really just if 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 somebody, let's say on Facebook, had a thrown out, hey, should I go get AJ Green? I probably would have laughed. Right. Like why why would you ask some dumb shit like that? But right. Wow. Okay. He's, he's probably free in most leagues right now. For sure. He's only rostered in 24% of the leagues, but he's averaging six targets a game. But man, he is taking advantage of those those targets that he's getting. And that just was, like Joe said, stat, man. they're spreading the ball around a that good bit. Good and he, he, <laughs> he's kind of like 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 a safety blanket, man, to, to, uh, to Colin Murray in a way, man. Chain mover. So he definitely is a guy that I would keep. And that's like it. I'm just doing one. It, that, that's that's more. That's just for one. I don't need to put two on there. That's it. I like it. I have a uh, AJ Brown, obviously my dude Cooper from the from Cowboys, and then Tim Patrick. And I just want to speak more so Tim Patrick. I think with Cooper and AJ Brown, we already know what's going to happen in the second half of the season. Tim Patrick, obviously, I think even with Jerry Judy coming back. What this guy is able to do is, is impeccable. Like, you know, even going back to his last drop being what it was for 2019, which is which is crazy. I just think so much upside for him. I think especially in that division, you're gonna have to throw the ball in every every game you play, uh, a tremendous amount. And just the rapport with him and Bridgewater is crazy. There's enough passes to go around, and with Sutton kind of regressing from that number one receiver, which we all felt like he had a vice grip on. I like Tim Patrick's upside, even with Jerry Judy coming back. Love it, love it. So moving on to running backs, my running backs to go get Cordell Patterson, which Vander has already spoken on quite a bit. So I'm, I'm going to move on to my next two: Latavius Murray and Javante Williams. Mm. Latavius Murray is now the number one running back for the number one running team in the NFL. But for most people, they're still going to be looking at Latavius as the backup that he's always been. You may be able to go out and get a backup, a quote unquote, backup running back as a throw in in a trade. Like the person doesn't even have to know that Latavius Murray is actually the target that you're going after. They may just give him up just just willy nilly. But I really believe that that is the running back that you want to go get. Um, Javante Williams. It, it seems like every time I saw Melvin Gordon run the ball, he got up with not a pronounced limp, but you can tell that he wasn't necessarily comfortable. He was in some kind of pain. Um, they said that he had ribs, a rib issue, had a knee issue. Every year this guy goes out for at least a couple of games due to some type of an injury. The difference is this year when he goes out, I don't believe that he's going to get the job back. Um, so these are two guys that for the – are actually three guys that for the back end of your fantasy football year, they may be the running backs that literally take you to that championship. Latavius Murray has no one to steal um, rushes from him. His worst-case scenario is he and Le'Veon Bell have the same type of a split that Dobbins and Gus Edwards uh, were going to have. Um, I believe that those three guys are definitely guys that you want to run and go get. Um, Barry, who you got as your uh, – I know you already – well, you mentioned Cordero as your wide receiver. Is right. he running back to? Yes. Nah. <laughs> nah. Uh, I got him as wide receiver. But I just got one guy also for this position, man, because I like okay. to minimize it and, and zone in on a guy. Daryl Henderson. I mean, he's coming off a 19-touch game. A lot of people thought he'd maybe find himself in a timeshare, but it wasn't the case. Sonny Michelle only touched the ball three times. And didn't do very good when he touched it. So Right. And um, Henderson pretty much picked off where he left off at with the injury. I mean, he looked really good from side to side, getting chunks of gains, even though the Rams' offense was kind of out of sync. He definitely looked good. He's the goal line back. He's pretty much a three-down back. You know, we don't have many in the league, and he's actually one of them on a high-powered offense. That's true. So you definitely want to get this guy – the name is not sexy, but the production is there. And his schedule, extremely favorable from here on out. I mean, extremely. Like he probably had one of the he probably had the easiest schedule for a running back 
from this week on to the end of the season. So, And you guys have to realize and understand the reason that we throw out names sometimes that aren't sexy is because those are the names that are going to be easiest for you to go get. Correct, correct. Joe, who are your running backs? Kenneth Gainwell, Brandon Bolden, and Jeremy McNichols from the Titans. And uh, quickly, just borrowing from the head coach himself, being from the Colts, I see that Naeem Hines role coming to fruition for Kenneth Gainwell, which is crazy because he already had, a like I think, a 19-point game just this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did really well. Brandon Bolden, obviously, you lose James White. Uh, this guy steps into the pass-catching role, and obviously I want anybody catching passes for the Patriots. But the Jeremy McNichols, like a lot of people didn't notice because I guess the head coach being Arthur Smith going to the Falcons, but they're now giving the ball to the running backs in the backfield. And a lot of people have spoken for Travis Henry, but no, the, believe it or not, Jeremy McNichols has gotten a lot of passes. Just this game against the Jets, he had eight receptions for 74 yards. He's been averaging about 40 receptions a game. And obviously, he's been getting a lot of bulk of the carries, too. He gets about three carries as well. So you got a flex, bare minimum. And like you alluded to earlier, about on pace for 502 freaking carries. God forbid happens, something happens. No, no, no. 540. Oh, God damn. <laughs> yeah. Earl Campbell, the ghost of Earl Campbell. Shit. He, he, is, he is on pace to have the most touches of any NFL player not just not just running back any any nfl player in the history of the nfl mm. so going back from yeah. old school or first school yeah real quick on that though with derrick henry he's been doing that his whole life though man from bama now, high school not, was was he did, did he, he carried yeah, he carried the ball a ton at bama but I, but ton. i thought that he didn't um didn't he not run at all like his first two years or something like that what, yeah what first two years right he right, right. Yeah, so so he kind of got a reprieve. Um, where where a lot of guys got all of that work in college, they quote unquote ran him into the ground his uh, junior year before he you know went to the NFL. But his freshman and sophomore years, I, I don't I don't think he he got in there at all. I, I want to say that was when uh, Mark Ingram and I forgot who came Kenyon right before Ingram, Kenyon Drake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yep. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody else would if, if he got the same carries that most of these stud backs get in college. He might be about ready to retire right now with the amount of workload that he's gotten. I just, man, it's it's phenomenal. I mean, like I'm rooting for the guy. I don't hope that he gets hurt, but she's. Oh yeah, but that's why I want his backup that much. Already, he's already involved in the passing game, but also just you want to get that handcuff now because like Henry's able to get away with his level of carries and physicality because he's always on the other end of the, he's given it as opposed to getting it. And I think now that he's getting even more carries, he's going to start getting those hits as opposed to being able to elude them. Because how he runs is almost like, like you said, like a Dickerson, almost like an Eddie George where it looked physical, but it, he really isn't. He's just the other person. He's coming out on the other end of it. So it's not that bad as far as a carry. So that's why I like Jeremy Nichols. He only 2% owns. So you can pivot from one guy that you got or make a, a blockbuster trade, go for a big trade. You know, and then have somebody like him ace in the hole that's just going to clear waivers by Wednesday. Now, I did see, matter of fact, I think I saw this today. Um, Evans is a week or two away from his injury um, and returning back to be the backup for the Titans. So does that change your mind at all? Or do you think McNichols may have actually taken the, the number two running back spot in Tennessee? Oh yeah, he 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 already he already ran away with it. I like Evans, Darrington Evans, but he this guy presents more size. He's almost a he's almost similar to uh, like an Ingram kind of back, a short, stockier back, but he's a little th- he got a little thump to him. The running backs to drop or trades. Um, the first one is a trade. The last two are probably going to end up being drops. Mike Davis, I would definitely trade Mike Davis um, coming off of one of his better weeks. I don't know if you want to target the Cordero Patterson owner or if you just kind of want to put it out there in general, maybe to a running back needy team, but I definitely don't trust Mike Davis. I would also literally drop Tyson Williams and Cuba Hubbard unless the CMC owner is willing to trade with you for Hubbard 
I highly doubt anybody else is going to. So those are my running backs to drop. Yeah, Mike Davis. Oh, my God, most definitely. Hmm, my guy. Your guy, actually. Please, uh, fantasy fiends, by all means, please get rid of this dude. Do not have him on your roster going into this week. Miles Sanders. <laughs> no, <laughs> get it right. That's Joe guy. <laughs> oh, oh, my bad. Right, Joe's that's guy. my guy. That's, that's my guy. Man, I, sh- should I, is this something to even really discuss at this point? I mean, m- maybe that's something that you and Joe may may want to have a conversation about. Because I mean, he was pretty adamant about you know Sanders being a stud. You know, I was he adamant was. about Ceh. I'm just saying. This guy ran the ball. He only had seven rushes against a bad Kansas City run defense. And the week before that, he had two rushes against a really good uh, Cowboy rush defense. But, man, I I don't know what kind of – I don't know what's going on over there in in Philly. You know what I mean? But this dude, he got to go. And uh, my second guy would be Josh Jacobs. I'm not playing with that toe. I'm not playing – I'm not going through this. Oh, we're not going to go through this whole season and you're on my roster and I'm going – Nah, don't. I would not feel comfortable starting this guy. And as we speak and recording live, he currently has five carries for ten yards in the game right now against the Chargers. Please, 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 if you can, get rid of this guy. Trade him. And Joe, who you got for your um, for your drop slash trade? So obviously, I'm going to go with Henderson. I definitely agree. Uh, somebody, actually, all these are trades. I want to trade Henderson. I want to trade Melvin Gordon and Jamal Williams uh, from the Lions. Uh, just to touch on Henderson more so than not, I just don't. I just don't look to, for him to be healthy, and even with him healthy, I just he just doesn't do it for me, honestly. With Gordon, Javante Williams is just like I feel like Melvin Gordon just being healthy is the only thing saving him right now because Javante is just balling, but it's just like people can't really see it. Because Fangio, I don't know what he is with this Melvin Gordon fixation, bro. Like he gotta let it go. Did let you Javante see that move. run that Javante Williams had, where he carried like three players on his back for like ten yards? Dude, that's what I'm saying. They gotta, it was Fangio gotta let this go. He gotta let it go. Fangio gotta let this this bromance with Melvin Gordon go, man. Javante is it. And then with Jamal Williams, it's not even that. I mean, we already know what Swift is gonna do. I just think the game script, like whether how they're going to be playing most of the season, his how to utilize them is only going to be for pass catching, and we already know that Swift is just the guy that's going to get it done as far as getting the touchdowns. So I just see more productivity leaning towards Swift and Jamal. But right now is a good time to trade him because he did have what I would consider a good game in fantasy. And with the running backs to keep, I have on my running backs to keep list: Jonathan Taylor, Daryl Henderson. And James Conner. So we've all talked about Henderson in, in, in one of these three sections. So just depending on how you feel about Henderson, that'll probably lead you towards the direction that you want to go. Um, as far as JT is concerned, he has all the talent in the world. If he had a little bit of um, a better quarterback or better quarterback production, at least, um, they would put them in positions that he would be kind of in the in the red zone a little bit more. He can get a few of those touchdowns. James Conner, believe it or not, the thing about Conner is he's the goal line back on a high scoring team that runs the most plays in football. So with James Conner, unlike when he was with Pittsburgh, that's pretty distinct on what they like to do with their running back. If you're the Pittsburgh running back, you're the Pittsburgh running back. Whether that is James Conner or Le'Veon Bell, or Najee Harris now. If you're the guy, you're the guy. Thing is, James Conner isn't built to handle that kind of a workload. And now that Chase Edmonds, who Joe mentioned earlier, is kind of taking the workload and then they're sprinkling in Conner, Conner is much more effective. He's gotten a, a t- I think he's up to like three or four touchdowns now. And they also, they don't just use him on the goal line. So I don't want to make it seem as if, you know, he's going to be touchdown dependent, but he he gets his carries in there as well. So if they continue to use him sparingly as they are, he might just be able to stay healthy. And you see the glimpses of the James Conner that he was able to be for Pittsburgh here and there when he wasn't nicked up. So those are my guys as far as running backs to keep Jonathan Taylor, Daryl Henderson and James Conner. 
My running back to key would be Eli Mitchell. I know he missed the last two games with the shoulder issue, uh, allowing Trey Sermon to come in. Trey Sermon really hasn't looked all that good in his extended, you know, chance to be the starter. So I think once Mitchell returns, Shanahan did also come out and say they're hopeful to get him back week five. So when Mitchell comes back, he should return to the top of the depth chart, who was playing pretty decent. So you always love running backs in the Shanahan offense. So I would say Eli Mitchell would be a running back that I actually would keep. I like it. I like it. Joe, who you got? For my keepers, say Antonio Gibson. I'm going to definitely keep. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, but I especially am going to keep Edmonds from the Cardinals. Even last year, I really thought it'd be like to me, that's his running back backfield. I know, like, we can say Connor's getting 18, 15 touches, but when the game is down and out, when the game is not within reach, they're dumping the ball off to Edmonds. Edmonds can easily, he easily has had four to eight receptions a given game this even this season. And he's just electrifying. I just I just love how to utilize him, how to get him out there in the offense. I think that's another part of the regression of Hopkins. Edmonds is like having another wide receiver, but he's out of the backfield. And they just match him up, you know, and use these concepts to get him, you know, on the edge, going out of the perimeter. They're just using him in so many ways. But we also see what he can do taking the ball up the middle, obviously, to close out the game last week. Edmonds, to me, is a a huge keeper in a buy low, honestly, because, like, to your point, Connor had a great game. And lastly, we have our tight ends. And tight ends are, you know, one of those bunches that we don't really have to spend a whole lot of time on. Uh, so as far as tight ends are concerned, we'll go through through the get, drop, and keep in one fell swoop. And any tight ends that you guys may have a question about, there's about maybe two that I want to give an explanation on. But as far as my tight ends to go get, number one on my list is the number three tight end in fantasy football. You guys want to give a guess to who that is? Uh, probably the kid uh, Knox from the Bills. He's on my list too, but no. Dalton Schultz of the Dallas Cowboys is right now the number three tight end in fantasy football. Dawson Knox, the guy that you just mentioned, is actually tight end number five. He's on my list as well. I also like Mike Gusecki just because neither one of his quarterbacks are very good and the normally the security blanket to a bad quarterback is a good tight end. So I like those three guys to go get. My tight ends that I'm dropping, I don't know what the hell is going on with Anthony Ferkser. I had much higher hopes for him being the Tennessee tight end. Maybe he'll kind of work his way into it. I know he had an injury um, a little bit earlier in the season, but the fact that he played yesterday, they had no wide receivers at all, and he still had a game that was just shitty. I'm sorry, bro. You're going to have to show me something before I can roll with you again. And, and um, these are just straight up drops. Ain't, ain't nobody buying this, these people from you. So Cole Komet, I thought Cole Komet was going to come into the season and actually kind of show improve this year. But it didn't look like Chicago is using the tight end spot very often. And the last drop I have is Austin Hooper. It's definitely not his talent. But Baker Mayfield is making everybody on that team that's not a running back droppable at this point. It's sad. Um, My tight end keepers, hold on to Tyler Higby a little while longer. Um, Believe it or not, I believe his day is coming. He's been getting an average amount of targets for tight ends. It's just been that Cooper Cup has been the go-to guy um, here as of late for Matthew Stafford. But I do believe that Tyler Higby um, is still going to end up being one of the top 10 tight ends. Kyle Pitts. He's a rookie. You should have read the warning label when you pick this guy. Do not drop him. There isn't anyone else out there available to you that's going to end the season making you any happier than him. If you have a Kyle Pitts, you may want to go get a Dalton Schultz or a Dawson Knox if they may happen to be on your waiver, which they are for a lot of uh, for a lot of leagues. And maybe you want to spot start based on the matchup. But I definitely would keep Pitts. Um, and my last keeper is actually Pat Firemuth of the Steelers. Again, we talked about Big Ben kind of losing a step. And as I previously stated, the best thing that can happen for a quarterback that either doesn't have it or is losing it is a guy that's close to the line of scrimmage with good hands and that can get yak. So Pat Firemuth is the last tight end that I would keep. So Barry, give us your tight end Get them, drop them, and keep them. You took my guy, actually, <laughs> um, which is Dalton Schultz, man. Um, like you said, man, this guy's definitely under the radar. He's only rostering 34% of the leagues. So a lot of people are not really paying attention to him. 
you definitely want to go out and get this guy. You shouldn't have, in most leagues, you don't have to trade for him. Just go nope. to your waiver wire and scoop him up. But I'm going to disagree with you. Kyle Pitts, three guys, actually. It's Pitts, Tunyon, and Kittle. Trade, 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 trade. All three of these guys, if you can. Use those names and, and see if you can pull back something else. Especially, hey, think about it. If you're a Kyle Pitts owner, you're a tie-in owner, you're a George Kittle owner, you got Dalton Schultz staring you in the face. Pick him up and trade one of these guys and see if you can bring back another piece. And the guy I would keep would be Zach Ertz. He's looked like he's just starting to, you know, pull it together a little bit in uh, Philly. He's one of my favorites going into the year. I'm just give him a little more time to 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 see what's going on there. So I like Ertz as a guy that you should keep. I like it. I like it. Joe, what you got to wrap us up with the tight end, get him, drop him, keep him. All right. So actually to start off, we're gonna go and get Zach Ertz. Honestly, like well, how much uh, how much this offense is taking off. I think the attempts per game is going to go up dramatically to probably 30 to anywhere between 30 to 35. Considering where they are in the standings and what they're going to need to, need to get back, it seems like Zach Ertz is going to always seem to vulture the touchdown away from Goddard. So I'd rather get on that side of the game. Uh, CJ Uzma, of course, and, I, and I, this is before Higgins come back. I think he's going to be someone in which he's going to probably get th- anywhere between two to five passes. Uh, he is touchdown dependent, but I do like him as a nice, you know, quick start. A lot of the bye weeks are going to start uh, following this week going to week six. So he's just a good plug and play for, you know, to fill in your roster if you got to put somebody down. But Max Williams is most intriguing because now this guy is having uh, several games now of four receptions. But this one, he just seemed to have a lot of yards. Again, this is another offense that's going to pass the ball 40 times a game at least. And because of how people how they spread them out and people respecting D-Hop and Christian Kirk, this guy is going to benefit across down the middle, it seems. Uh, so I'll definitely go and get those three. As far as my drop-ems, I got Logan Thomas. I have Gusecki on there. Just for those same reasons. I mean, Logan Thomas, we already know because of his injury, he's going to miss a few weeks at least. Gusecki, I love him. I like the report he got with Brissett. The backup quarterback, pardon me if I butchered his name. Again, I think with what we need him to do, it's like he has those games where, dang, all right, he caught that good touchdown, 50-yard game, and then he goes and dwindled down to what we saw last week. Uh, it's just too much inconsistency from him, but his upside for those same reasons you alluded to earlier, he is a good catch to somebody who's going to definitely want him in a part of a trade. And then my keep I got Hawkinson, Fat, and Kittle. All for those reasons, it looks like they're down. They're not playing that well, not scoring. We thought Hawkinson was going to be the clear number one. Uh, but I think all three of those going into the second half of the season will definitely bounce back, especially Fant. Fant is due to have a breakout, even with what's going on there in Denver. I like it. I like it. And that about wraps up this show. Just to handle a little bit of business right quick. If you're looking to get any questions uh, sent in to us, there's a few different ways that you can do that at Gmail fantasyfootballfiend at gmail.com for twitter we're at fantasy underscore fiend for instagram it's fantasy football fiend and on facebook it's the fantasy football fiend family facebook group if you guys are downloading the show and you are enjoying what you hear for your convenience go ahead and follow us as well so that way whenever a show comes out you will be notified of said show and it helps us out quite a bit too and also if you listen to a couple shows and again you like what you hear go ahead and get us that five star rating on whichever um podcast subscription that you currently have whether it be spotify or you know itunes whatever the case it may be go ahead and give us a five star rating there as well so we can keep the good stuff coming And as always, it's our job to give you the advice. It's your job to take it. With that, we out.